Father, we give you the glory for all the great things that you have done. Father, we pray that you would do great things this morning as we turn now to your word. We pray that we would hear your voice. That we would hear your call to trust you. And we pray this for Jesus' sake. Amen. The moment has finally arrived. After weeks of telling his friends all about his new girlfriend, John has arranged for them all to meet her. So his friends are there, and John is there, but there's no sign of Kate. Half an hour passes and still no sign of this supposedly wonderful girlfriend. Is she really coming? Does she even exist? Or has John been spinning a tall tale about a made-up girlfriend? And so they say, where is she? What's keeping her? John waits for her arriving and no matter how much his friends doubt him and make fun of him John holds to her promise that she would be there that's something like what's going on in our Bible reading today and it might be good if you turn back a page in the service sheet to find the start of it You have people like John who are waiting eagerly for someone's arrival, holding on to their promise. And you have others who who don't believe that the person will ever come at all. But this is uh, so much more important than whether uh, John's girlfriend will turn up or not. What we're thinking about this morning is the return of the Lord Jesus to the earth. And perhaps you're like one of John's friends. You're you're quietly sceptical. You're you're wondering how we could possibly believe such a thing. You're asking, are there really people who believe that Jesus will indeed come again? So for a few moments, let's look at what Peter, one one of Jesus' closest friends, says about the return of Jesus. First of all, uh, we see that this is a final reminder. Now sometimes uh, final reminders can arrive in the post. Dear so and so, this is the final reminder of the amount that you owe. It's a call to action, to, to not ignore the reminder. And Peter opens this chapter like one of those letters. Look at, at the first verse there. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. Peter has already written to these people uh, who he loves once already. And now he's writing again. And earlier on in the letter, in chapter 1, 
Peter says that he knows that his time is short. He knows that he's soon going to die. So this is his second and his final reminder. But this isn't a demand for payment. Instead, he says, in both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. It's a final reminder to remember. Verse 2, that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Saviour through your apostles. Peter wants to make sure that the church will remember what the prophets have predicted about Jesus' return and also remember what Jesus has commanded through the apostles, through Peter and the other eleven. It's so urgent, he says, because, verse 3, knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. In the wee story of John and Kate, that John's friends could well have said this, where is the promise of her coming? Where is she? And that's exactly what the scoffers are saying in this Bible reading. They say, where is the promise of his coming? Where is Jesus? If you say that he has promised to come, where is he? And then to back up their doubts, they continue in verse 4. For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. They seem to be saying that everything is going along just fine. That the world keeps going and will continue to keep going without Jesus. So here's the objection. Where is Jesus if he promised to return? Now Peter tackles it in reverse order. In verses 5 to 7 he shows that everything hasn't just continued from the beginning at business as usual. He points back to a moment of disruption. A moment that these scoffers at verse 5 deliberately overlook. They forget about it. They, They don't want to remember it. Because it doesn't fit with what they're saying. It challenges their worldview. And what was this moment that Peter is thinking of? It's the flood of Noah's day. Peter says that God's word had formed the earth out of water and through water. And God's word then brought about the flood using that same water. By means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. So Peter says things haven't continued on as normal. But God promised with the sign of the rainbow that the world would never again be flooded. But look at verse 7. Peter says, But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. We don't need a flood warning. We need a fire warning. 
So having answered the second objection, Peter then returns to the main question. Where is the promise of his coming? Where is Jesus? And if you turn over to verse 8, we see how he answers it. He picks up a verse from Psalm 90 verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight are as but yesterday when it is past. And he says don't overlook this. Don't forget it. That to God one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. He's saying that God's sense of time is different to ours. It's like the story of the man who was asking God some questions one day. And so he says, God, what is a million years to you? And God says, well, a million years is just like a second to me. So then the man asks, and and what is a million pounds to you? And God says, well, a, a million pounds is just like a penny to me. And so the man says, can I have a penny? And God says, just give me a second. (laughs) If you think about it, time seems to move at different speeds. Depending on whether you're in a roller coaster or in the dentist's chair. Time can go very fast or very slow depending on what's happening. Or uh, another example, when you say to a child, give me five minutes. And that seems like an eternity to them. And they keep coming back and going, is it time? Is it time? Peter gives us this final reminder. That Jesus' return is sure, not slow. Look at verse 9. He says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. So why the delay? Why has he not already come? He continues, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. This week I was in London at a conference uh, with other ministers and uh, the flight on the way out was an hour and a half delayed and on the way back was three hours delayed. I know Stansted Airport very, very well after that length of time. But Peter says that Jesus isn't slow in coming. It's not that his flight has been delayed. No, he is patient. He's given time for repentance. He's given people time to turn around from their sins. And to turn to him. To believe the promise of forgiveness. To escape the coming judgment. And destruction on the day he returns. Peter says that Jesus hasn't returned yet. So that you can turn to him. Today, this opportunity of repentance is given to you. You see, you're not here by accident today. 
Perhaps you're here to celebrate the birth of a new family member. Perhaps you're here to witness a baptism. Or perhaps you're here just being polite as you wait for the party and the the food afterwards. But you're here today to hear of this promised sure return of Jesus. And to have this opportunity to turn to him. Jesus hasn't returned yet so that you could hear and receive him today. For some of us in the church family, that we give thanks that he didn't return last year or 10 years ago or 50 years ago. So that on that particular day, you could turn to him. I'm sure you know the old saying, patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can, seldom in a woman, and never in a... I don't think that's right. (laughs) But Peter says that God is patient. Always patient. He has brought us to this day and this moment and gives us this opportunity to repent and turn to him. One day, it will be too late. You see, the Lord's return, which demonstrates his patience, is not slow, but it is sure. One day, Jesus will return, as Peter says in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Jesus' return is sure, but it will be unexpected. Mr. Burglar doesn't ring up to say, I'll be at your house tonight at two o'clock. No, burglars just appear. They, they thrive on the element of surprise. And Peter says that Jesus will come like a thief in a moment when we're not expecting him. When we're not ready for him. Imagine that right now as we're sitting here, that a helicopter came overhead and lifted the roof completely off. We'd be totally exposed to the elements. The rain would suddenly fall down on our heads. And Peter says that when Jesus comes, still in verse 10, then the heavens will pass away with a roar, And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Everything gone. Nothing to hide behind. Now this might sound a little bit strange. But one of my hobbies is visiting old graveyards. I like to walk around and read the inscriptions on the headstones and discover something about the people who are buried there. And one day I came across a strange inscription in a graveyard at Rathmullen near Torella Beach in County Down. And it said, this grave never to be opened. This grave never to be opened. 
There may have been some good reason for that. Perhaps the lady had some infectious disease and they were frightened that it would spread. Maybe it was a condition of her will that, that no one else would be buried with. But what Peter is saying here in our Bible reading today is that one day the grave of Jane Archer of Downpatrick will be opened as the sky melts and burns and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed and Jane Archer will face Jesus to be delivered or condemned we too will face that day our works our lives will also be exposed the motives of our hearts the things we think we've gotten away with the secrets we keep I wonder would you be happy with that exposure your every thought and word and deed visible for all to read could you stand before the judge Peter gives us this final reminder that Jesus return is sure and not slow and displays his patience will you believe this promise that Jesus will return one day and given that Jesus will return will you rejoice in his patience and take this opportunity to repent in a few moments at the front I'll ask some questions to the parents and godparents of Indy and Alfie. Those questions get to the heart of what repentance is all about. They're saying no, rejecting the devil, renouncing evil and repenting of sin. But there's also saying yes, turning to Christ. Submitting to Christ and coming to Christ. Tomorrow is guaranteed to none of us. The Lord could return today. So while you have this opportunity, don't waste it. Turn to Christ. Receive his promise. And wait for his return let's pray heavenly father we recognize that you know us that you know our hearts and our lives and our motives Father we ask your grace now to hear your warning 
and to receive your repentance. Give us grace to turn from our sins and to turn to you. Help us to know the joy of sins forgiven. Help us to know that you are with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.